This is episode number 26 of Ships with Dr. Anastasia Dijuhina. Welcome to Ships. My name is Pat McAndrew, and I am a professional actor, speaker, and coach. In every episode, we discuss a message related to the most important vessels in our lives. Thanks for being here today. Now let's set sail. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Ships Podcast. Today we have an incredible guest. Her name is Dr. Anastasia Dijuhina. She is a coach, TEDx speaker, Huffington Post blogger, and author of Homo Distractus. She got rid of her smartphone as well as her senior international career in digital marketing when she realized how dependent she had become on her device. She eventually set up Consciously Digital, a London-based consultancy that helps people develop a healthier relationship with technology. She is frequently quoted in the international press talking about tech life balance and has appeared in The Guardian, BBC, Metro, Channel 4, etc., and is a speaker at major tech conferences, including World Mobile Conference in Barcelona. She runs the first educational program for coaches who want to help others use technology in a more mindful way. So it was really great talking with Anastasia. You are all in for an incredible episode. We talk about how technology should be used as a tool instead of being this thing that we use to fill the empty voids in our daily lives. We talk about the importance of using this empty space and boredom to our advantage because it is through these empty spaces in which creativity is born. She also talks to us about how technology and productivity are a means to for an escape, and how technology is actually outsourcing our human functions and capabilities. Lastly, she also talks about the four pillars to be consciously digital, and I won't spoil them right now because they are really great ways that you could implement into your lives and allow yourselves to become more consciously aware of how you are using your digital device. So you are in for a great episode. Please feel free to call in or subscribe, leave a comment, and let me know your thoughts. So without further ado, Anastasia Dijuhina. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Ships Podcast. Today, we have Anastasia joining us. Anastasia, thanks so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm uh, very excited to dive into this conversation. We first got connected, I believe it was through the Center for Humane uh, Tech Forum. And uh, I looked you up and was very inspired by the work that you're doing with Consciously Digital. So I'll be very excited to dive in and and hear about all your experiences uh, within the digital wellness movement. Thank you. Well, I'm very, I'm very excited to chat about it. I really love this topic. <laughs> so I'm wondering if you could just start us, start off by telling us a little bit about 
your background, maybe where are you from and what led you on to the path that you're pursuing today? Sure. So um, I was born in Russia, lived in six different countries um, for the last eight years, spent uh, most of the time in the UK in London running my uh, digital wellness consultancy, Consciously Digital. And uh, I help people basically be a bit more mindful about how they use technology or companies, how they design technology, you know, not obsessively be checking their Instagrams every five minutes. Um, now, I myself, funny enough, come from tech background, and uh, most of my life I was uh, trying to convince people to move, to use more technology. Uh, my last position was an account director uh, for a big uh, tech company, and uh, uh, having said that, I wasn't very good with using my own devices, so I was sleeping with my smartphone, and go into it to the bathroom everything you're not supposed to be doing yeah and <laughs> i realized i just needed to take a break and decided to get rid of it and replace it by a very uh basic phone with no internet in it and that's basically how the whole journey started four years ago i really like the fact um, i started feeling much calmer talking more to people had much more space in my head to do things ended up found like writing a book found in a business uh, and uh, I started telling others uh, about how great it felt they started uh, asking me inviting to speak ended up doing a TED talk wrote a book and then all of a sudden this whole thing exploded and uh, for the last four years I do what I do um, having said that I'm not trying to convince anyone to get rid of their smartphones is not the point and i don't think the smartphones are the enemies uh, it's much more about technology transforming how we live and how we understand about ourselves who we are and i think we urgently need to reassess what's really important what it means to be human in the world that's becoming increasingly digital and uh, this is essentially what my work is about helping people reestablish these boundaries uh, that we have uh, somehow gave up without even realizing to our devices. Yeah, it's really amazing just the influence that technology has now had on our daily lives. It's so ingrained into what we do every single day. And so it's a pretty bold move actually to move from a smartphone to a dumb phone or, or a basic phone. And I know you talked about this in your TED Talk as well. For our listeners out there, if you haven't checked out this TED Talk, I'll be sure to include it in the show notes. Definitely check it out. And I'm wondering if you could just tell us uh, a little bit about that experience from going from a smartphone to a more basic phone. What was that experience like? And, and why was it that you decided to make that big of a change? Well, the main trigger was that I started having some physical symptoms like my right thumb feeling quite numb uh, because I was uh, endlessly scrolling uh, on wow. my phone. And another one, I started having phantom vibrations. You know, it's like the sensations when uh, you feel as if your phone were ringing or vibrating in your pocket and you don't even have pockets. Um, so I was thinking, okay, this is weird. It's, am I going crazy or what? So I decided <laughs> I, I really... I, I really need to take a break, and um, that's that's basically how it happened. Uh, but then the effect was quite profound and interesting because um, I, I essentially I took it because I wanted to unwind a little bit. I wasn't even sure I want to do it for the rest of my life; it just was an experiment. 
And what I discovered, actually, I became a much calmer person. I, you know, I don't practice meditation or anything like this, but uh, often people tell me that, you know, I come across as somebody who's spending probably hours and hours thinking, you know, um, I don't, although I, meditation can be very useful, but I think that's the effect of uh, having an opportunity to be more connected with myself. Um, I definitely, as a side effect, I definitely started talking more to people. But overall, it took me about five months to move on. Uh, so I kept moving my SIM card between the smartphone and dumb phone, coming up with all different kind of pretests why I can't do this today and why it needs to happen tomorrow, the switch. Um, up until I just finally took the decision and gave it as a present to my mom. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's been, and lived without any smartphone for a year and a half. Um, then I got one back, which uh, was supposed to be just a spare device. Of course, I started using it <laughs> again, uh, obsessively. Yeah. So I thought, no, 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 that's, that's not going to work. Um, I need to do something. So basically, started looking into how I can manage myself a bit better. Um, and that's, yeah, that's how the whole business uh, was born out of my personal story. Um, so I have a smartphone now, but it's in the chest of drawers. Uh, it's... Uh, being pulled out like maybe in five percent of the occasions when i'm traveling me to call an uber um otherwise uh, it doesn't have a sim card uh, it works on wi-fi uh, and it's used only as a tool um, and um, everything else is on my dumb phone which lasts about 24 days without the recharge which is, which is very nice yeah that's incredible and what would you say are the biggest, I know you, you were talking about how smartphones aren't necessarily the enemy, that you don't think everyone should ditch their smartphone, but what would you say are the big benefits of leaving your smartphone behind and getting a, a basic or, or dumb phone? Because I actually, I had a, um, a dumb phone up until maybe about a year ago, and then I got a smartphone. And actually, now that I have a smartphone, I'm like, Oh man, and actually when I had the, the dumb phone, I was like, people would tell me that like I was very limited in what I could do, but I actually felt like I was at an advantage when I had the dumb phone, and now I'm actually seriously thinking about going back at some point. So what would you say are those advantages if, if people do decide that maybe ditching the smartphone is for them? What are the advantages to doing that and having a basic phone? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's um, it's really all about your values and things that are important for you. Uh, and for me, freedom is very important, um, overall freedom. And I think it's uh, just I felt very tied to my smartphone when I had one. I felt like I'm obliged to keep monitoring to things. I'm obliged to be responding to WhatsApp or whatever message comes in. Um, and plus there was really the sense that I'm not having this space in my head to do things that are really important, which, you know, when you minimize your usage of smartphone and get rid of it, uh, you get lots of this place. Um, you, sorry, lots of the space. Um, it's, uh, it's incredible how much of our energy and mental space, these small digital distractions eat. And uh, where you only realize this once you actually have gotten cold turkey and have lived for a few weeks without any, and then you start realizing, oh my God, like I really now have 
the time and the space to do things I've always wanted to. Now, the truth is that we often use our smartphones, um, not because we have to, but because it helps us somehow to fill up the void. Uh, yeah. Maybe yeah. makes us feel more important. You know, maybe we're trying to escape some hard feelings. So this is also quite a harsh test on, you know, how, are you happy with living the life you're living? Um, and uh, you might just discover you're not, and then you would prefer to hide behind a smartphone. So again, I think it all gets down to um, what do you want to do out of your life? Um, and uh, there is a price to pay. Yeah, the smartphones are very convenient, they're great. But um, I think the price you pay is often very high. And I would rather myself develop some of this convenience, have things that are more important for me, which is like space for my creativity, ability to be in the moment and not feel the pressure to be managing like 10 things simultaneously. Um, so I, I work a lot, I work through my laptop, but when I'm in town, when I'm doing something, I don't want to be catching up on work-related emails. And I would do that if I had my smartphone with me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But again, you know, like very much depends on your personality. There are some people who are a bit better at just isolating themselves mentally from their devices and uh, not paying attention to them. I'm not like this. So for me, the way to manage them is actually not to have them around. Plus, to be honest with you, I'm like, I'm, I, I didn't do it because of this, but uh, I think uh, it's becoming more and more apparent that our privacy uh, often gets abused uh, by either internet companies or telecom providers. And if you look at you know, some of the uh, stuff, some of the recent scandals with how much like Google knows about you, what kind of data Facebook is collecting about you. And obviously this is all mainly done through your smartphones that are with you all the time, that are listening to whatever you're doing. You have authorized the apps to be collecting information about you. The question is, do you really want to, you know, let somebody be um, looking into your life 24 seven? Um, and, you know, I don't have, uh, you know, I, I obey the law, but uh, I don't feel like I want to do that. Uh, I don't feel I want to give away my privacy for free to some random company, um, which is another consideration why I would try to minimize the usage of smartphone if you have one. Right, right. And there was something that you said, too, as you were speaking about how oftentimes people will use smartphones to fill voids or to fill empty spaces throughout their day. Maybe they're bored and they decide to go on Facebook or Instagram. And so with not having a smartphone or for those who are looking for ways to practice more uh, consciously digital habits, to use the, the name of your company, how important is that empty space where people may fill it by using their smartphone, but if they want to practice more consciously digital habits, how can they then use that empty space? That's a beautiful question. Um, I can't uh, overestimate it enough, to be honest, because, um, you know, this emptiness is from the place, the space from where everything is born. This is the 
place from where your creativity is born. And creativity, not just in terms of you decide to paint something or to compose a poem. Uh, it's your ability to come up with interesting, unusual ideas for anything in your life. This comes from this emptiness, uh, even sometimes from the boredom. Uh, because often um, scientists actually have done some experiments and they discovered that people who have been given some very boring tasks, uh, very repetitive routine tasks, often uh, will show the highest degree of creativity afterwards. So boredom can put us in the state of daydreaming and daydreaming um, is essentially the mother of creativity. Um, I think this Space also is very important to know yourself, uh, to be with yourself. Sometimes we need space to just process emotions, whatever has been happening. Uh, reconnect with our own feelings. You know, you often when you ask a person like, "What do you feel?" Um, they find it difficult to say. You know, like, are they feeling sad? Are they feeling tired? Are they feeling excited? And unless we have this space when we can just be sit down silently with ourselves and just listen to what's happening internally. Um, we are really, you know, we don't know ourselves. And uh, so we, you know, we can't, we can't really live fully fulfilling lives. We will be looking for constant, you know, like uh, trying to fill up this void, fill it, fill it in. Uh, but really, uh, sometimes this void is just telling you about what, what you're really missing and what you need to change in your life. So unless you have um, taken some time to truly listen to it, um, then it's... Um, and will make you happy. Uh, I'm thinking about it, uh, you know, like as a metaphor. Um, you could think that this is a process similar to eating. So let's say that you feel hungry, uh, but then instead of actually giving your body some good, healthy calories, you end up giving it some kind of um, very artificial crisps, which creates the illusion that you're. Uh, feeding your stomach but then the truth is um, these are empty calories yeah so you're just contributing to your um, obesity but not to you know like really really uh, nurturing your body and I think it's the same thing if we are trying to avoid to escape our void uh, for example using digital distractions for this uh, playing you know checking our social media updates uh, refreshing our mailboxes uh, like 150 times per day, uh, then what we're trying to do is we try to fill this void, but uh, not in a way that will truly nourish it. Uh, we're just, you know, giving ourselves these empty calories, and uh, this does not help have a very healthy life. It doesn't help uh, have a very fulfilling life uh, for yourself. Does, does it make sense? Oh, yeah, that's absolutely true. And I feel like technology in a lot of ways make us, makes us feel that we have to be busier than we really need to be. And that if we're not busy doing something 24 seven, then we are not either reaching our potential or we're not really fulfilling our lives as much as we should be. But 
in retrospect, it's really get, having that opportunity to reflect in that space and to reflect in those moments of boredom that really allows us to be more fulfilled and perhaps even accomplish more within our lives. And so I was really resonating with what you're saying with regards to the importance of that space and really recognizing that space and using it for ourselves as, as reflection or relaxation and just checking in as opposed to filling that void with technology of some sort. Yeah, yeah, that, that's true. Um, I think we are way too often started using technology uh, as a way to escape. Uh, and, you know, productivity is also the way to escape often. Um, but I think we have a very wrong understanding of what productivity is. Uh, we're not like computers. Yeah? Computers can be productive 24-7. Uh, humans cannot. We need to be productive sometimes you know it's very healthy we need to be contributing to the society but also when we need time when we're just going back to our caves and processing uh it's exactly the same thing as with eating yeah we need time to eat food and we need time to digest the food and if we don't allow ourselves time to digest the food but just keep eating 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 because you know calories are good for us then we're going to have stomach problems first um we I, I came across this term which i think is a very true of what is happening today uh digital obesity um i think we have a huge problem of digital obesity these days yeah we don't know when to stop with food we kind of know more or less when to stop and when people don't know this then we say that they have issues they need to go to see a counselor a psychiatrist whatever but with digital obesity for some reason we think that the more we consume the more emails we reply to the better it is um and it's not because we're still coming from this scarcity mentality and what we don't realize is that times have changed and information is not scarce anymore uh, but as i say in my title the real scarcity in the internet age is our attention um, this is the most precious resource together with our sleep and uh, i think it's the ceo of netflix who says that sleep is one of their main competitors yeah, yeah. Yeah, all these big internet companies, they're uh, hunting for two things, our sleep and our attention. And uh, we're still behaving as if these were not important things. And these are probably the most important things. I mean, big, big businesses already realize this. So I think it's up to us to start realizing this as well, what we're giving away. Right. It's, it really is incredible when you take a step back and you kind of observe and really analyze what's happening uh, in our world. and. Not that technology is a bad thing, but that we really truly want to be mindful with regards to how we're using it. I'm, I'm wondering actually if you could explain your four pillar methodology. You talked about this in your TED talk and it's also outlined a bit on your website. So I'm wondering if you could talk to us a little bit more in detail about that and why these four pillars? Sure. Um, so there are, well, basically I'm talking about the four pillars of creating your own digital control strategy. And uh, the truth is technology changes so fast. So whichever tip, you know, I start giving to you, um, it probably won't be relevant in a year. 
So instead, what we did, we developed a methodology that talks about like the four areas of your life uh, which you want to review and decide how much of technology you allow in each of this. So time management is all about managing um, when you're getting connected, when you have access, when you're allowing others to have access to you online and when not. Um, because the fact that we can be connected 24-7 uh, doesn't mean that we have to. Um, space management is all about where you decide to be connected and where not. So, for example, um, I often say that a bedroom is not the place to keep your technology. This is a place where you digest information, processing it. Um, often uh, technology can interfere if you have your smartphones, for example, in the meetings. Yeah, people end up not listening to each other but just staring at their phones. So it's a much better idea to do phoneless or screenless meetings, which actually, in fact, many uh, tech companies, including Amazon, do. Uh, Amazon does this for senior management. Uh, relationship management is all about um, managing people's expectations as to how and when they can contact you, right? With channels, uh, because if you are expected to be managing like seven, eight social media networks, four or five emails, and you all you do for the whole day is just uh, chain, you know, like copy pasting from one um, to another, um, and that's certainly not what you wished you would be doing when you were you know, taking on a certain job, for example. Um, and fin finally, uh, self-management is all about realizing your own capabilities, your own limitations also as a human being. Um, so for example, if you think about under which circumstances you're most productive or under which circumstances you're most creative. Um, I don't know, Patrick, do you have any answer to this? Like when, when are you most productive under which circumstances? Do you know that? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's always in the morning I'm most productive. So I think that's quite, kind of going back with like your um, time management a little bit. But with self-management specifically, it's like knowing the times that you are most productive and knowing when you're able to truly focus. And I think cutting out all, all these distractions is the only way that you could possibly stay focused on a single task and get it done in the most effective manner. Because I find when I'm jumping from one thing to the next, that very little, if anything, gets done. Yeah, I think this is uh, what lots of, what I hear lots of people saying as well, that you know they're most productive um, late at night when everyone has finally gone home. Nobody's you know, like thinking them. So in a way, technology has extended our workday much more than uh, we now we work much more than we worked like 20 years ago or 50 years ago without even realizing this. And uh, why don't we start using technology to actually support ourselves? You know, we know when we are most productive, we know when we are most creative. But what we're trying to do, we're trying to fit in our productivity, creativity in this very, very small moments when they are free of tech. Whereas a much better approach would be to know and to organize, to know ourselves and to organize our working days or even personal time around our, like, our styles of working and bringing in technology to support us in this as opposed to, you know, trying to uh, save like five, ten extra minutes to read emails. So not allowing technology anymore to dictate you how you work, but 
uh, choosing yourself how you do this. And then finally, yeah, so that's the self-management principle. And then finally, you basically look at these four principles, so time, space, a relationship, and self-management. And you decide on the balance. Maybe you try uh, one or two uh, things, very simple, like stop using uh, your devices in all the areas of your flat. So just like choose one where you won't be using it, maybe not at the dining table. Uh, because actually when we eat in front of our screens, we tend to overeat. Our brain just doesn't register how much we have eaten. Um, then um, if you like the result, maybe you, eat what, you add one more principle. Uh, and then you just keep the focus on what's really important for you. Um, so it's self-management. You remember, you know, like what, you know, like if, if I were now 100 years old and if I were looking back at my life, as if it is today, you know, what would I see about myself? Uh, would I remember the moments when I was sitting down and checking my emails? Or would I remember some other moments? And if you think that these are other moments, well, maybe you need to put a bit more effort in just scheduling them um, and uh, not getting hooked by digital distractions. Um, my, my only advice is not to rely on willpower. Uh, because willpower is a very limited resource and instead it's much easier to create for yourself some very basic rules around when you use technology when you don't maybe you, you know, have the time boundaries uh, maybe space boundaries maybe you um, you start using some blocking apps that don't allow you to access let's say your social media for example for more than 20 minutes a day whatever works for you um, uh, my recommendation would be not to rush with it, not to feel bad if you fail because you've been building this habits for a while. So obviously it will take your brain some time to undo these habits as well. Um, and just take, you know, try anything, uh, see how it works. If you enjoy it, then maybe uh, add one more step. And, uh, you know, in one year you will be in a very different place if you start practicing any of these things already today, just like five, ten minutes a day. Yeah, I really loved how you split it up in these different four pillars of time management, space management, relationship management, and self-management. Because I think that a lot of people out there who are looking for answers and how to regulate their technology use don't really know where to start because they're so spread thin. They feel like they have a million different things going on but these four pillars as i'm sure you've seen in your work are really a great way to segment different areas of their life and uh, give them the opportunity to create basic rules like you were saying in order to improve their time management space management relationship management and self-management so I, I really like that that four pillar system that you've created Thank you. So there's something else that you taught that I, you know, I had mentioned on your, uh, or that you had mentioned on your website, and that's the concept of digital minimalism. This is actually something that has gained more attention recently with the release of Cal Newport's book on digital minimalism. Yeah. And I'm wondering if you could talk to our listeners just about what is digital minimalism? Because I think people understand what minimalism is and maybe they could assume what digital minimalism might mean, but I'm wondering if you could uh, elaborate a little bit more on, from your perspective, what does digital minimalism mean? 
Sure. Um, well, uh, for me, it's very much about using your technology as a tool and only using it if it's really serving you for something, um, supporting you and your goals. So we, Carl Newport actually writes about it, that nowadays we come from the premises that we should miss something and we use technology just in case. Uh, what digital minimalism is about is actually that you change your approach and instead of using technology just in case, you only use it when you really need it. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I use my smartphone the way I use it. Uh, so it's basically most of the things that we do online, we don't really have to do them. Uh, we do them, you know, maybe we catch up like with Twitter, with LinkedIn, uh, what if? Uh, but because we do so many things, just in case, uh, we end up not having enough time for things that are really important. Um, I often give this example with New Year's resolutions, um, asking people, okay, who has made some kind of New Year's resolution and who has failed to stick with it? And very often the New Year's resolution has, has to do with, uh, for example, going to the gym. And what often happens is you come back home, like you're really determined to go to the gym, but you're a bit tired. So you lie down and just decide to check whichever social media network or news website you use. And you say, okay, I'm going to just do this for five minutes. And then the two hours later, uh, you're still in it because it's obviously designed the way to keep you online longer. You're not quite sure how this happened, but it's already a bit too late to go to the gym. So you decide you'll do it tomorrow. Um, and of course, tomorrow the same story repeats. And then, you know, after you have missed a week or two, you actually think, okay, well, it's not really worth doing it. I'll do it next month. Yeah, and we all know how it ends up. Next right. month becomes the next year. So unfortunately, these small distractions that give us this, you know, the dopamine rewards or a ton in a reward, unfortunately, they tend to eat up our willpower and also our ability to follow through the goals. Um, so if we change the approach and if we start first doing the things that are really important to us, scheduling for them, make them non-negotiable, and then either is some time, you know, like you can fill it in with your digital distractions or even call Newport, suggest to very consciously plan uh, for them, uh, but give very little time for them, then the life will feel very, very different. It will feel much more fulfilling and uh, more exciting as well. Right. And I think these are all really concrete tips in a lot of ways that people could implement into their own lives is really being mindful and being really intentional with how they're using their smartphones, how they're using email, social media, because it's so easy to, as we were talking about earlier, to fill that void uh, through just kind of mindlessly scrolling. And I think as you just outlined, being or practicing rather digital minimalism will allow us to be more intentional with regards to how we're using technology. I think it's not just um, about scrolling. I think the main issue is that gets really overlooked by the mainstream media that writes about digital detox and too much time online, it's not that. Um, the main issue is that really we are starting to outsource more and more of our functions, our abilities to technology. Um, just a simple example, if it ever happened to you to check yourself with Google Maps like five times, although you knew how to get somewhere, 
Yeah, this is an example of how you get into the habit of not trusting yourself, your memory, uh, yeah. trusting your device. Uh, and we have now often wearables. I don't know if you have a wearable, but you surely have some friends who have wearables, and wearables often tell us, you know, like, uh, oh, you're worried, now you need to stop and breathe in, or like, now you need to drink a bit of water. Um, and honestly, um, we have very well-developed self-awareness mechanisms, and there is absolutely no reason for why uh, we should be outsourcing uh, these to our devices, apart from, you know, doing for somebody very good business which is not a good enough reason um and i think what's happening is you know like we talk about yeah like you know the science fiction where we all be cybers conquered by the machines what we don't realize though that we are already getting there um and it's not you know some evil uh robots that will conquer us what's happening we already by giving more and more power to our devices we are already becoming less powerful um, because you know if it's your device that's telling you when to breathe when to drink uh, and what to buy and who to marry and who to date by the way which is already doing uh, then who has a real power over your life is it you or is it your device that's controlled by some kind of big technology company which is not even a state company yeah so obviously it's not even acting in the interests of the citizens it's acting in the interests of its own profits uh, which again, you know, there is time and space for these companies as well, but I think it's just very important to understand what kind of um, choices we're making and, um, you know, and consciously make these choices. Are we, are you ready to, you know, give up your humanity and for what? Um, because the next thing that's happening is, uh, you know, we'll have the med tech when uh, there will be very small robots that will be implanted in our bodies and scanning uh, your health, preventing possible illnesses. Uh, but then of course this data gets shared with uh, private companies. And of course this will affect, you know, how much time, how much you will be paying for your insurance and all this. So in a way, the challenge is much bigger uh, than just limiting the time that you spend on the smartphone. The real challenge today is, um, to understand you know what it takes to be human and if you want to remain human really or do you and it's a personal choice uh, that teacher class will make probably in the next 10 years um do you want to remain human or do you like with all our faults uh, like our abilities to make mistakes and learn from them uh, or do you want you know like the devices to be taking more and more decisions functions uh human functions uh but then, you know, what's remaining from you? And uh, I'm, I'm a big advocate of imperfect humanity. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, which, 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 to be honest with you, is becoming more and more difficult in today's world, right? Because it's, uh, we are really losing our, our rights to, to make a mistake. Uh, for example, if you ever publish anything online, it's going to be kept there forever. Uh, and if you're a teenager who wrote something very stupid and 30 years and 50 years from now it will be still online and will still be affecting your life. Um, so I think that we're, we're going to have, I mean, we are seeing this already, but we're going to see this even more with the abundance of artificial intelligence algorithms being implemented in all companies, especially in HR. Uh, we'll see more and more how more and more decisions are being taken by the machines. 
and uh, how we don't even notice this because uh, it's very convenient. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's, I think it's making, it's about making an effort to uh, know yourself a bit better and uh, you know, being, being happy about what makes you human or, or making a conscious choice and not being one, but then it's, <laughs> then it's a different question. Yeah, it always makes me wonder, like, how far are, will, are humans willing to go with regards to implementing technology either into their lives, but then also into their bodies, their lifestyles? And yeah, I think it's really a big question as to how human do we want to be moving forward. And I, I, I think myself, as, as well as you, are big believers that it is so important to hold on to that side of humanity that that makes us human. Well, I think it's, 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 again, like I can't, you know, impose on anyone the choice. Um, I like to be human. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I'm not so obsessed, you know, I, I know I'm, I'm very far from perfect and I'm not so obsessed with uh, perfection. Um, I think a much bigger problem is that uh, if people like me or like whoever likes to be human, they're not going to have the choice anymore because already it's today very difficult to live without a smartphone, right? Um, and it's increasingly difficult to use any app without sharing lots of data from this app. So if we're creating the world, you know, like when everything is run by the computer and humans don't have a lot of say in it, um, it's, you know, now it's still, you know, we can have the discussions, uh, but 10 years from now it will be late because uh, the investment will be made. Um, I read today an article that one of the biggest Silicon Valley investors is actually now betting on betting his money on the world run by computers. Um, there is very big money getting into the sector, uh, which means that this whole thing will be, you know, will have to be somehow um, imposed on humans uh, just to get the return on investment. Um, so we're, we're going to have lots of um, major shifts in the society, in how we interact and what how the political structures operate in the next 10 to 15 years. It's a very interesting time to be living in, uh, a bit scary as well. Uh, yeah. But I'm, I'm generally optimistic though. Uh, for me, it's really about making informed choices, making conscious informed choices about what you wanna have in your life and under which conditions. Right, yeah, it's absolutely essential. And, uh, so much of what we talk about on the ship's podcast is the importance of genuine human relationships and really the importance of not only connecting with others, but also connecting with ourselves and really looking inward and outward on uh, glimpses of humanity in a very digital age. So I'm wondering from your perspective, what does a deep, meaningful relationship mean to you? I think it's, um, you know, we're humans, we're social beings. And uh, as such, we have evolved now, our whole hormonal system is designed to encourage this uh, information exchange and being with other people. You know, we have a cocktail of hormones that gets activated uh, depending on how and with whom we uh, interact. And my concern for for this digital age is that we 
we will start when we start using uh, technology as an intermediary uh, between us when we start using it to replace the connections as opposed to enhance them uh, then we're losing something very important again that uh, makes us human um, and I'm very much I'm very much in favor of the websites for example you know like like meetup platform that drive you basically to meet the real people um, I think that's a great way to find like-minded people who like similar things uh, but as long as it's not keeping you trying it's not it's not, as long as the business model is not to try to keep you online longer as long as the business model is around like how can we drive our users to go and meet each other in person uh, this is beautiful and this is a great example of how technology can be supporting and making us more human absolutely absolutely it's so important <laughs> Uh, Anastasia, thank you so much for joining us on the SHIPS podcast today. It was really great chatting with you and learning more about Consciously Digital and all the great work that you're doing. For our listeners out there, I'm wondering if there's a specific website or platform that you could share with us that our listeners could check out to learn more information about you. Uh, sure. It's uh, www.consciously-digital.com and has uh, some videos, blog, and also um, um, you can buy a book, uh, All My Destructors, where I talk about all these things more in detail. And also, if you're interested, we run um, a six-month training program for coaches who actually want to do the same work as we do. All around the world, uh, we have a third intake from September. Um, and that's the only program actually in the world that prepares uh, coaches with this specialization so have a look at it if you think that you could be the one who could help uh, more people be a bit more conscious about how they use technology uh, then you might be one of our next coaches awesome well we'll be sure to include that website in the show notes for our listeners to check out so Anastasia, thank you so much again and uh, again i really appreciate all the work that you're doing in this digital wellness movement through consciously digital so thanks so much for joining us on the show thank you so much patrick there you have it everyone dr anastasia Dijuhina. she was great to have on this show and i am very inspired and i hope you are inspired by the work she's doing with consciously digital i highly recommend that you check out her website if you're looking for new ways to implement some digital wellness into your life if you liked this episode please feel free to subscribe share it with a friend leave a comment or if you have the Anchor app, please feel free to call in and leave a voicemail. I would love to hear from you. And if you have any thoughts or suggestions or questions, that episode may be published and released in a future episode. So please feel free to call in. You also have the opportunity to support this podcast. Supporting this podcast will allow me to continue producing episodes with amazing and inspiring guests like Anastasia on the ship's podcast. So thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. I really appreciate you coming here and listening to each and every episode, and I look forward to joining you in the next one.